This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. One week after their epic failure to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas over his handling of the border, the House GOP is set to vote on the measure again today. And it's not because they suddenly found any high crimes or misdemeanors, which of course is the constitutional threshold for impeachment. It's because they think they have the votes. Last week's defeat was handed to House Republicans by a trio of their own, Ken Buck of Colorado, Tom McClintock of California, and Mike Gallagher of Wisconsin. Now, with Majority Leader Steve Scalise returning to the Capitol this week after receiving cancer treatment, Republicans are hoping they have the single vote they need for the effort to succeed. And there's also concern over the potential impact of today's special election in New York to replace George Santos. If Democrat Tom Suozzi pulls off the win, Speaker Mike Johnson can only lose two GOP lawmakers on any vote going forward. Let's bring in Democratic Congressman Daniel Goldman of New York, member of the House Oversight Committee. Congressman, impeachment, you know it is for high crimes, it is for misdemeanors. Do you see any here? No, nothing even remotely close. There's no crime, there's no misdemeanor, much less a high crime and misdemeanor. And in fact, what has happened for this entire Congress is that the Republicans have attacked Secretary Mayorkas and President Biden for the issues at the border while they are going to court to undermine and prevent the secretary and the uh, Biden administration from implementing policy changes. When that's not enough, the president and Secretary Mayorkas spent months negotiating a bipartisan deal to address the situation at the border, which goes further than any Democrat has ever gone before. And all of a sudden, after claiming that the administration needs to address the border, the Republicans and Donald Trump decide, no, 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 no. we don't really want to solve the problems. We want the problems so that we can run against the problem. And that is incredibly cynical, and that's what this is all about. It is taking a scalp for Secretary Mayorkas, for the MAGA base, and trying to lay the blame at his feet for a situation at the border that needs to be addressed, but can only be addressed by legislation, not by executive action. Okay, Tuesday, 13 uh, February in the year of Lord 2024. Thank you for the second hour, the early evening edition of the war. And thank you for being here. Uh, a programming note, of course, Lou Dobbs follows us immediately. Lou Dobbs show. Uh, we're maybe going live to the floor as this thing heats up today. The impeachment also at 8 PM Eastern time on both getter and rumble. We're going to live stream. Natalie Winters going into the lion's den. This is going to be kind of a rough one, I think, um, because, uh, these young women that she's doing this podcast with have a very set opinions, about the way things should be. And of course, Natalie Winters, if you know her, she's tough as boot leather. And no, there's no back down to that young woman at all. So this ought to be quite interesting. Mike Davis, we got Mike Davis for a while. Mike, and I want to get to how successful the, the action-oriented part of Article 3 is. But I, I just got to ask you, and I know Dan Goldman's one of your favorite guys. Is MSNBC correct as you see this impeachment that could occur tonight? It would be historic, has never happened 
uh, since. And in fact, it technically didn't even, I guess it did happen after the Civil War with Secretary of War Belknap, although he did resign beforehand, but he stood still stood trial in the Senate, and I think he got off. Um, the uh, have uh, what are your what are your thoughts about the impeachment? Dan Goldman is the wind up impeachment doll for House Democrats. He is the guy who thinks that President Trump should be impeached for anything, and President Biden can't be impeached for clearly violating the law. Secretary Mayorkas can't be impeached for clearly violating law. Remember, if you're the president or if you're a cabinet secretary, you have a constitutional duty to enforce federal law. And both Joe Biden and DHS Secretary Mayorkas have disregarded federal law. They have disregarded our immigration laws. They have opened up our border and they have flooded our country with 10 million migrants, unvetted migrants from all over the world, including from dangerous places in the Middle East and China. And this is all preventable. This is all intentional, what they're doing. President Trump used the current laws on the books and got our border under control. President Biden and Secretary Mayorkas have disregarded all of that, thrown out all of President Trump's policies that worked, disregarded federal law, and they have turned our country into a very dangerous place. We have been flooded with fentanyl. We have been flooded with people who come here and rape and murder and, and rob and commit a lot of very bad crimes. And again, this is all preventable. Secretary Mayorkas and Joe Biden have violated their constitutional oaths, and that is an impeachable offense. Um. I just because people it's an open secret that you're someone people talk about on the short list for attorney general in the second term or um, or White House counsel or some senior position in, in, in law enforcement. And this with that as a standard, if you were the advisor to the impeachment committee, would you advise them on what you just said? Would you advise them to go forward tonight? There, there's no question that they need to impeach. DHS Secretary Mayorkas. He has a constitutional duty to enforce our immigration laws, and he has violated his constitutional duty. He has violated his oath of office by intentionally disregarding our immigration laws. And how the hell would you get rid of these executive branch officials who are refusing to enforce the law, refusing to follow their constitutional oaths, refusing to do their jobs, how do you get rid of them if you can't impeach them for refusing to do their jobs, violating the law and violating their oaths? Uh, Bob Alinsky, we, we had MTG on earlier. You saw the public announcement. We talked about the, the opening statement. Now the leaks are coming out. It was very contentious with the Dan Goldmans of the world. Tony Bob Alinsky today giving a sworn um, uh, testimony in the impeachment process for, for President Biden. Your thoughts? It's a very damning sworn statement that Tony Bobolinsky gave about President Biden. Tony Bobolinsky is a, uh, he's a, a military man. His entire family are military people. He doesn't have a partisan agenda. He talks about how the, the very few political donations he's made over the course of his life include to Democrats. Uh, and he's coming in because he, feel, he feels he has a duty as an American to tell the truth about what Joe Biden did. Joe Biden, as the vice president 
of the United States works with China, including the CCP-backed uh, Chinese energy oligarch to make a lot of money for the Biden family. And, and Tony Bobulinski talks about how the Bidens used Joe Biden as the brand. They were selling Joe Biden access to then Vice President Joe Biden to make a lot of money for the Biden family. And the CCP, the China knew this. They, they knew that when Biden said he wasn't going to run for president back in 2015, they, China knew it was their opening to go after the Bidens. And they did that by going after the Biden's weakest link, Hunter Biden, a, a total derelict, uh, drug-addled son. And the, he was an easy person for the, for the Chinese to target. And they were able to influence Joe Biden and his family with this corruption, with tens of millions of dollars that have flowed into the, the Biden bank accounts from China, from Russia, from Ukraine, from Kazakhstan, from Romania, all these hellholes around the world, including with our worst enemies like China, had the Bidens on the payroll. From what you've seen that's been reported, okay, and some of your sources, because I know you're very close to people over there, do you believe that this is not a shiny toy? Of where you see it now, do you believe that they should continue to press on with this in, uh, uh, the bribery part and others of, uh, in the potential impeachment of Joe Biden? They absolutely should press on. The House Republicans should absolutely investigate this. Not only should they, they have a constitutional duty to make sure that the sitting president of the United States is not compromised by tens of millions of dollars in foreign bribes and other corruption to what seems like every Biden family member, except for the six-year-old granddaughter who these dirtbags refuse to acknowledge until they, they took too much political pressure after six years. You have a president of the United States who could be compromised from corrupt foreign payments, bribes from Ukraine, from Russia, from China. Guess what our biggest trouble spots are in the world right now? It's Russia and Ukraine. It's China with Taiwan. Do you think there's any chance that Russia would have invaded Ukraine when Russia did not invade Ukraine during four years of the Trump presidency. Do you think there's any chance that, that Russia would have not invaded Ukraine, but for the fact that Russia knew that Joe Biden was corrupt? And that's how they were, that Russia was able to ex, be able to exploit that corruption. Remember, it was President Obama who put Vice President Biden in charge of Ukraine. And the Bidens, went on the take and Russia took Crimea. Four years of peace and prosperity under Trump, Biden's back, uh, Putin smells Biden's corruption and weakness, and now Putin is trying to take the rest of Ukraine. How many tens of billions of dollars are Americans going to spend in Ukraine, saving Ukraine from Russia, because we have a corrupt, compromised president of the United States? These foreign bribes, this foreign corruption has direct consequences on our national security, and it has direct consequences on our on everyone's taxpayer money. Uh, Jim Jordan just announced that they're getting a special counsel, her, to uh, to come and testify. Do you think DOJ is going to try to step in and block that? I don't know if they're going to be able to step in and block block that because I think he has a, a legal duty to go testify before Congress. I don't know if they can try to claim some sort of 
you know, executive privilege. I don't know if they can do that, but they certainly can't claim an ongoing investigation because President Biden himself announced that the investigation was closed. So it would be very interesting to see what their excuse would be for why Robert Hur couldn't come testify. If you were counsel to the committee, what, what are the types of things that you would want to ask uh, special counsel Hur in that, uh, in that open to the public, it'll be nationally televised, I'm sure, uh, testimony? I would certainly want to know what restrictions were placed upon him as the special counsel, what he was allowed to investigate, what he was not allowed to investigate. Uh, why wasn't he more aggressive? Uh, why did, wh- I, another thing I'd want to know is, is that after President Biden, his Justice Department, and his private lawyers secretly colluded for two months to get back four rounds of these classified documents that, that Biden stole as vice president and stole even as the senator, and they got caught and they had to appoint a special counsel. How did Robert Hur and his FBI team find that fifth set of stolen classified records in Biden's possession after Biden represented to his Justice Department that he turned over all records? And so I would I would want to very carefully find out from her what restrictions were put on him, what he could ask, what he couldn't ask, who he could ask, who he couldn't ask. Why didn't he recommend bringing an indictment? Did he get pressure from Biden or Merrick Garland or anyone else not to recommend uh, criminal charges against President Biden for obvious espionage, obvious obstruction of justice? And why did he think it was important to talk about President Trump's case in his in his report to try to provide cover for Biden? It was just announced that the uh, Moscow show trial that took place on President Trump's business, that the judge uh, is going to release his uh, findings, his penalty, all that on Friday. Your thoughts, sir? Uh, I mean, it's it is absolutely ridiculous what they're doing to President Trump with this lawfare. They're trying they've impeached him twice, including impeaching Trump once for investigating Biden's corruption in Ukraine. They've indicted him four times for nine crimes. They're trying to bankrupt his family business in New York for this case for non-fraud. They're doing this. This judge issued his fraud decree even before the trial began. No witnesses, no other evidence. This goofball Democrat partisan judge just decreed that Trump somehow committed fraud. How the hell can you commit fraud when you're paying back sophisticated Wall Street banks in full, on time, as agreed with interest, right? This is part of the Democrats' lawfare to destroy President Trump, both legally and financially. They want him to die in prison rather than face him on November 5th, 2024, because they know that President Trump is going to beat Biden like a drum. Mike, Politico had a really good story today. It was about the inflect this week as an inflection point on all all the criminal cases with President Trump. So I want you to take it and just triage this for us. Walk us through. Why is this week the inflection point and what are they actually talking about on these different cases? Well, I mean, there's a lot going on, including last Thursday, as we were discussing on your show, the Supreme Court is almost certainly eight to one, maybe nine to nothing, going to throw out the Democrats' bogus theory under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment that you can just disqualify Trump for what happened on January 6th for the lawful protest that devolved into a riot 
They think they can just call it an insurrection. They think they can just have partisan Democrat judges on the Colorado Supreme Court in a four to three decision, or even worse, an unelected non-lawyer Secretary of State in Maine, Democrat Secretary of State Shanna Bellows, just take Trump off the ballot. Obviously, this is not going to fly with the American people. This is obviously backfiring politically and legally. We also have President Trump's claim of, uh, of presidential immunity that we've been talking about for a very long time. That's probably going to derail most of Jack Smith's January 6th case. And if Fannie Willis uh, can you know, survive getting kicked off, disqualified from her case down in Georgia, her January 6th case, essentially the Supreme Court, I, I think they're almost certainly going to grant certs on President Trump's claim of presidential immunity. They're going to take this case through the regular course, uh, through the irregular appellate process, following the regular appellate rules and procedures, and they'll decide this case uh, sometime next year. And there's no chance that President Trump's January 6th case in Washington, D.C., with D.C. Obama Judge Tanya Shutkin is going to pass whoa, muster. Whoa. You're, you're breaking news right here because you've been so, you've been dead around some of these things. I got to back up. You're saying, I want the audience to understand this because it's quite a, uh, a different, the, in the rush to get Trump in a trial, criminal trial in D.C. on January 6th, because they think that's the holy grail that's going to save them. We know it's not, but they, that's what their belief is, because they see everything else collapsing around them, including the polls. Which, and they've been so maniacally focused on March 4th, but they're you know, prepared to give up a little bit. The appellate court actually told the president, you have to go to the Supreme Court. And if you go to en banc, which is the next step, which is the full panel of all the appellate judges, we will start, we will take the stay off and start the process, right? You're saying when he applied Monday in the 50 page uh, filing they made, he's, they're asking the Supreme Court, let's go back and do a normal, keep the stay on and let us go on bank. We want to go there first and then we will come to the Supreme Court. Yes. I think the Supreme Court is clearly going to grant President Trump's motion for stay. And the reason they have to do this is because Jack Smith himself, back in December, filed an extraordinary petition with the Supreme Court asking the Supreme Court to hear this case before the D.C. Circuit rules. This, uh, this extraordinary petition, Jack Smith said it's so critical, this issue is so critical that the Supreme Court itself has to decide this, right? So how the hell can Jack Smith say in December that the Supreme Court has to decide this and they have to decide this before the D.C. Circuit rules. The Supreme Court says, no, let's go through the regular process. The D.C. Circuit rules. And then Jack Smith is going to somehow say that the D.C. that the Supreme Court shouldn't hear this case after arguing in December it had to hear this case. That's not going to fly. So the D.C. So the Supreme Court is going to grant search and hear this case. Right. And in the meantime, the D.C. the Supreme Court is going to grant President Trump's motion to stay these proceedings because under the normal rules and procedures for every other case, ex except for apparently if the case involves a Trump, there would be a stay automatically granted when you're dealing with the issue of government immunity, with presidential immunity. So unless the Supreme Court wants to look like they're play playing political games like D.C. Obama Judge Tanya Shudkin did, like the D.C. Circuit did, the, DC, the, the Supreme Court is going to follow the normal process. They're going to they're going to say that Chuckin's trial is stayed. 
President Trump can pursue en banc review with the D.C. Circuit. And once the D.C. Circuit rules, President Trump or Jack Smith can pursue the Supreme Court's review through the normal process. And why do you think that will kick into the next year? Let's say en banc takes a couple of months, you get it back, and let's say they they don't uh, rule immunity. Uh, either way, it's going to go to the Supreme Court because the DOJ will take you there anyway. You get to you get to after their session ends. Let's say in June, they call for an emergency. Would the, you think the Supreme Court, given something this important, would would call for an emergency? Or are you saying even if they did that for a hearing, you couldn't start a trial within a couple of months? You'd have to just logically kick it past November five November of this year. Look, I mean, we are getting to the end of this term. We're in February. We're, we we are pretty filled up already with the Supreme Court cases for this term. So the next available slot is going to be in October and November of next year, October and November, uh, October right before the election and November after the election. So wh why would the Supreme Court want to get in the middle of a presidential election when they absolutely do not need to? This this It does not matter whether... President Tr Tr uh, Trump is convicted or not in the D.C. Well, court as a matter of law. This is purely political. The Democrats know that if they get a criminal conviction with this D.C. Yes. Obama judge, they, that's the one way yeah. they can take out President Trump politically. They, they think. They think. Even even the polling is just about even. I mean, that's how bad they're, that's how bad that's gonna, they're leaking oil right now. Uh, by one, like, yes. Yeah, I want to go back to something you made. You, you were the first one really to really step up. And talk about this in regard to the Supreme Court over over Dobbs, where you know the attacking the Supreme Court, the attempted assassination of Kavanaugh. If you see the Democrat, I mean, they put so much pressure. I'm not a lawyer, and I'm certainly not a constitutional lawyer, but every night on MSNBC before the appellate court ruled, they were literally smearing these people that they were destroying America by not coming out and getting this thing done. It had to come out now, had to come out now, had to come out now. I mean, they were like little children on MSNBC. Won't they just completely and totally melt down? First off, do you agree with that, that they try to put pressure on the appellate court to come up with a with a ruling as soon as possible and not just take their time? And they will do the same thing. Uh, they will do the same thing with the Supreme Court rules on this in a couple of weeks. Absolutely. I just put out a Substack piece about this today. Absolutely. They were trying to pressure the Supreme Court. They were trying to say that U.S. Circuit Judge Karen Henderson, an 80-year-old Bush 41 appointee, was slowing this down because she was writing a dissent. That was completely baseless. This was a per curiam decision, meaning all three judges agreed with this unsigned opinion by the DC circuit. So of course they're gonna to try to put pressure on the Supreme Court. That's why the Supreme Court should take this case through the normal appellate process and the normal appellate procedures, because if they just grant cert on this case, they can set it at a later date for next year, as they should, like they would through the normal process, through the normal procedures. These court proceedings would be stayed before the Supreme Court's review. And really, they don't even have to grant cert right away because they have to go through the D.C. Circuit's en banc process before it comes back to the Supreme Court for them to just to decide whether they're going to uh, be, to decide whether they're going to grant cert or not. So it's going to take if if they let President Trump file for for en banc review with the D.C. Circuit, it's going to take at least four months, probably longer, five or six months for the Supreme Court to get the cert petition anyway. Unbelievable. This is, this is so great. Now, I want to go before I get to Fannie Willis, 
I got to go to Jack Smith. Jack Smith, it seems to me, is getting brutalized in the Mar-a-Lago classified documents, not simply the fact that they've essentially indicted Biden or indicted Biden in the her report, except for the fact that they said we couldn't get a conviction because he's got too much dementia, right? Is Jack Smith, am I correct that this judge is beating him up at every, every different uh, location? No, I mean, I would say this, that Judge Cannon, unlike Obama Judge Tanya Shukin in D.C., who's railroading Trump, Judge Cannon is doing what federal judges are supposed to do, which is to protect the criminal defendant from the government during the criminal proceedings, to make sure that there are procedural and substantive safeguards in place so the government does not railroad a criminal defendant and violate his constitutional rights. And Judge Cannon is doing exactly what she's supposed to do. And you're just dealing with a scud missile, this deranged special counsel, Jack Smith, who has a long history of running roughshed over these criminal defendants. He got reversed eight to nothing by the Supreme Court. It would have been nine to nothing back in 2016, the last time he used a bogus legal theory to take out a likely presidential or vice presidential candidate in the name of former Virginia Governor Bob McDonnell. Jack Smith is a thug. He's deranged. He is a scud missile. He's a bully. And these judges, if they're actually doing their job, like the eight Supreme Court justices in 2016, and Judge Cannon now are not going to let him get away with his antics. There's a reason that Jack Smith got banished to The Hague because he's a moron. And there's a reason that Joe Biden brought him back from The Hague because he's a scud missile who they know that they can use to take out their political enemies like they like he did to Virginia Governor Bob McDonald. Mike, can you hang on for one second? Because I do want to ask you about Fonnie Willis. I want to take a couple of minutes on that. Can you hang through the break? Sure. Where do people go real quickly? Where do they go for your Action Center? I want everybody to so, go because you guys are on fire right now. Action Center is A3Paction.com. A3P, A number 3Paction.com. There are several action items up there, including about Fannie Willis, that we'll talk about after the break. But it's to get people to contact Georgia Governor Brian Kemp and Georgia Attorney General Chris Carr and tell them to do their jobs and open a criminal probe on Fannie Willis for her obvious corruption in President Trump's case down in Fulton County, Georgia. Okay, hang on. I want everybody, Grace, Amo, um, Carly, if you could put all that into the Action Center right now. Let's get that out to the live chat. Also, birchgold.com slash Bannon in times of turbulence turn to precious metals. That's what 5,000 years of recorded history tells us. Short commercial break. We are back in the warm in a moment. As we head toward a presidential election in November, one thing you can be sure of, 2024 will be a tumultuous year like no other. How will your hard-earned savings fare during this year? You're already seeing the impacts of inflation at the pump, the grocery store, The dollar continues to lose buying power quicker than your wages can increase. How are you protecting your savings? Consider diversifying with gold from Birch Gold Group. For decades, gold has been the choice of investors and central banks to hedge against inflation. Now you can own it in a tax-sheltered IRA with the help of Birch Gold. Just text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898, and Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on gold. They'll help you convert 
an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. And the best part, you don't have to pay a penny out of pocket. With an A-plus rating, with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of satisfied customers, you can trust Birch Gold. Text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free info kit. That's Bannon to 989898. And secure your savings now. Take action. Text Bannon at 989898. Action, action, action. Tax Network USA is pure war room for solving your IRS tax problems. If you owe back taxes... COVID was your lucky break. Tax court shut down, the IRS paused, and you skated. Well, baby, that party is over. The IRS is adding 20,000 enforcement agents, basically tax cops. Honest, hardworking Americans like you are in the crosshairs. Rich people have tax lawyers, and you don't. You'll pay up, plus interest and penalties. Tax USA Network has brilliant war room-type strategies designed to solve your IRS problem quickly in your favor. Never call the IRS yourself. You're at their mercy. You could sit on hold for six to eight hours and get hung up on. Grind you for all your back taxes, plus interest and penalties. Tax Network USA attorneys have a preferred direct line to the IRS. They know which agents to talk to and who to avoid. If they get difficult agent, hey, they just call a different agent. Tax Network USA learned of a limited time special IRS offer. The IRS is willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. Find out if you qualify before it's too late. Schedule your free confidential consultation with Tax Network USA. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debts. Think about that. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debts. They offer a best-in-class client satisfaction guarantee. Now call one 800 Two four five six thousand. That's one eight hundred two four five six thousand. And visit Tax Network USA. That's tnusa.com slash bannon. tnusa.com slash bannon. Make sure you take action on this today. This IRS grind is only going to get much worse. Are you tired of progressive corporations and exhausted trying to keep up with all the virtue signaling when you're simply trying to buy products? Progressive corporate America continues to push messaging that further alienates conservative Americans, all while eroding the future of the American dream. It's prominent all over the country. Companies like Starbucks strong-arming their customers to support abortion. Financial services like PayPal canceling customers for their political views. Makeup companies like Maybelline making a mockery of women by supporting transgender models. And beer companies like Bud Light forcing gender ideology on you when all you want is to enjoy a cold beer. Thankfully, we don't have to fund these companies any longer with our hard-earned dollars. With Public Square, we now have a solution. It's simple. Join the movement of millions of patriotic Americans who love truth, our country, and our Constitution at publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Public Square is an app and website where you can get connected to tens of thousands of businesses from all different industries that share your value for life, family, and freedom. Whether you're looking to buy coffee, find a new athletic clothing that knows what a woman is, 
and shop for clean skincare or simply find a new restaurant in your community that won't lecture you about your political views. PublicSQ.com is your resource. Public Square also offers discounts to many high-quality businesses on the platform so that you can actually receive incentive for spending money with companies that don't hate you. Public Square is free to join as consumer or a business owner. And you can get started today at publicsq.com. Remember, either as a consumer or a business owner, download the app now. That's publicsq.com, publicsq.com. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, we got a lot uh, we're going to plow through here. Also, it looks like you're getting ready to do the impeachment. We'll jump to that on the uh, on the floor uh, if we have time or if they come up with uh, something important. We'll jump over there. Uh, and I think Grace is going to stream this. Stream, we're going to so we'll be streaming, although Lou Dobbs Files is here, we're going to be streaming the House floor for the impeachment vote. And then, of course, later, uh, Natalie Winter is going in the lion's den. So, Mike, um, with, with Fannie Willis, I mean, your action center has put pressure on down there. Explain to people exactly what's happening Thursday. And is that part of the criminal investigation? Is this part of the process of the criminal investigation? I mean, what is this thing she's got to do with the judge on Thursday? How big a deal is it? Well, it sounds like Fannie's going to get kicked off this case, according to what this judge said in court last time. When you are a prosecutor, you are not allowed to have a financial stake in your prosecution. That is absolutely 100% illegal. And what Fannie Willis has done by illegally hiring her secret boyfriend and paying him $250 an hour, $700,000 and counting, including for meetings with the Biden White House and Biden White House Council, including for billing 24 hours in a single day, and then taking illegal kickbacks in the form of these lavish trips around the world, Napa and the Caribbean and elsewhere. And then she lied about this relationship in her court filings about when it started. She said it started later than it actually started. Uh, so it, uh, Fannie is going to be in very big trouble. She will almost certainly get disqualified from this case, along with her not-so-secret boyfriend, Nathan Wade. This case should be dismissed by this judge because it has been tainted by this illegal arrangement, this financial stake by Fannie Willis since its inception. Fannie Willis should face criminal charges for perjury and uh, illegal kickbacks and corruption as Marjorie Taylor Greene laid out and her criminal referral to Governor Brian Kemp and Governor uh, and Attorney General Chris Carr. And then Fannie Willis should face disbarment if, the, if these allegations end up being true. And then whoever, what, whichever prosecutor gets reassigned this case after the case is dismissed, that prosecutor will have to decide whether they want to refile these charges. And they should not refile these charges. And any nonpartisan, any sane prosecutor would not bring these charges. The reason they went to Fannie is because she's a corrupt moron like Jack Smith, like Alvin Bragg, like these other morons, Tish James up in New York. And so any rational, sane prosecutor would look at this case and say this is bogus. It's not illegal to object to a presidential election. That's allowed by the Electoral Count Act of 1887. 
Democrats objected in 1968, 2000, 2004, 2016. You don't see Hillary Clinton and Al Gore and John Kerry in jail for objecting. It's not illegal to twist arms politically. That's allowed by the First Amendment. This entire RICO uh, criminal charge against Trump and 18 co-defendants is purely political. It's corrupt and it's bogus. And once the, the judge disqualifies Fannie and her, and, and her dumb boyfriend, kicks them off the case and then kicks the case, this case is going to go away in Georgia. Uh, Mike, where do people go? If, thank you for spending so much time on everything. You can get it all by going to your, following your social media, go to your site. But I also want to push people to the action site because they're having a big impact. At least that's what I've been told by people down in Georgia. Yeah, so article3project.org, article3project.org. You can donate there. You can also click on the action page, or you can go to a3paction.com. Today's action is lighting up Governor Kemp and Attorney General Chris Carr down in Georgia and telling them to open a criminal probe on Fannie Willis. And it gives you steps on how you can do patch-through calls to both of their offices Light them up via email, light them up via social media. Keep up the heat because they are being cowards and they can't run and hide on this. You can also follow us at, at Article 3 Project, at Article Number 3 Project on Getter, Twitter, Truth. My personal is at M-R-D-D-M-I-A, M-R-D-D-M-I-A. And thank you, Steve. Mike, thank you for taking time to go through all of it. It's very clear now. What a week on the legal side for President Trump. I mean, this is all they got going for him. You know, I had Brandon Showalter from Christian Post on uh, the other day. Was it yesterday or Friday? To talk about the situation in Houston at Joel Osteen, I think yesterday. Sheila Matthews now joins us from Able Child. Sheila, we're kind of cramped for time, but but you kind of have a, a different take on things. I want you to walk through. You've done such a great job of putting this in front of the nation's conscience. Walk us through your take on the situation down in Houston, which is still quite confusing. Okay, so basically it's not about these other issues like being trans and immigration. Those are important issues. It's about the training that the police department is getting. They have a division within the police department. It's a behavioral health division, and they have a conflict of interest because their products, which are the psychiatric drugs and their services, which are the billable hours of referring people to crisis centers, it's called C. IT program, and it's funded by NAMI, the National Alliance of Mentally Ill, and they are 75% funded by the pharmaceutical industry. So we want that out of the police stations. We don't want the police to be trained in these uh, fabricated numbers because they're not incorporating the black box suicide. Hold, 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 hang, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You've totally confused me now. And that's sure. because of me, not you. The the, the uh, gender confusion, those types of issues, which, you know, um, this has popped up in a number of these situations, these shootings recently. And, and obviously, Brandon and the team over Christian Post and others are very focused on that. I'm confused. You're saying. What about the shooter that this is misinterpreted because the police department misinterprets what's happened because they have a behavioral health department or behavioral health section? 
Right. So the transgender issue or whether the person is a Republican or Democrat, that is not the issue is were they on psychiatric drugs? Were they on uh, transgender drugs? Yes, it's important. But because they have these behavioral health vendors that are funded by the pharmaceutical companies through NAMI, um, sorry, um, and because they're funded through NAMI, they are withholding that data. So we have a bill in Tennessee that is um, can address this, and we need to get their they have a conflict of interest. So if their products and services are involved with a mass shooting, they they are in there, so they're not they're going to not disclose that. So we don't want that. Are you saying, are you saying, are you accused, this is what I'm saying, are you accusing the Houston Police Department of downplaying the drugs they took? Because these guys are saying, hey, the transgender drugs are part of it. You're saying they took other type of drugs or potentially and that the Houston Police Department is downplaying it because they a, now have a behavior health that, that is, that is okay. somehow financed by the pharmaceutical industry? That's right. I'm not accusing the police department of anything. I, I love the police. I, I think what I'm accusing the National Alliance of the Mentally Ill, which is funding uh, funded by the pharmaceutical industry, as training these police officers incorrectly. They're commingling their black box suicide warnings. So when, when um, they're training these police to intervene in these investigations, they are inside that police station and they're covering up that their drugs are involved in these mass shootings. They are literally embedded with the police. Wow. And so we need to get that out. We have a bill to do it in Tennessee. And what we're asking people to do is we actually had um, it filed. It's a Tennessee state bill 2933 and in the Senate, it's 2937. And this bill will help us clean up the corruption in the investigative process in these mass shootings because they're all linked to withholding data. And because the pharmaceutical industry is within the police department, they are telling the police things that they shouldn't be telling them. And we want the black box suicide warning to be educated to the police officers. And we don't want them involved in collecting data during a, a police investigation because their product is most yeah. likely involved. What, where so, did they go to find out more about the Tennessee bill? Where did they go to find out more about with the push that you guys are making? Sure. Ref Reform Pharma, uh, Bobby Kennedy's group is working on this as well as Able Child. They can go on ablechild.org. It's House Bill 2933 and Senate Bill 2937. Please call your legislators. And then we have a... Um, 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 uh, federal hearing petition. We, we have five, uh, 500 signatures. We need 10,000 signatures to get federal hearings on the link between psychiatric drugs and these mass shootings. So we have a reform bill regarding toxicology reports, getting the psychiatrist to be held accountable and getting where did they go? Where did they, where, where, where did they go to get to the signature? Where did they go to actually sign the petition? If you've got 500, you're quite short of 10,000. So where do they go? 
Steve. Um, they go to ablechild.org, right on our front page, there's a PSA that explains what we're talking about. And then there's a link to the petition and we need every signature, we need 10,000. Let's everybody get on that. Mo and uh, Grace Chung, if you can push it out. Uh, Sheila Matthews from Able Child, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you for having us on. We're going to get Boris, I think, tomorrow. He's still with doing the lawyer stuff with President Trump. I don't think there's enough excitement on the floor right now, enough tied to the, uh, to the impeachment to cut there. Um, Lou Dobbs follows us at 7. Uh, at 8, we're going to pick up, of course, the lion's den with uh, our own Natalie Winters in there. Also, we're going to keep streaming uh, after we leave. As you guys are watching Lou Dobbs, we're going to keep streaming on Getter. And on um, Rumble, what's happening on the floor, and I'll be making a commentary on it, jumping in out of the chat. Uh, Dr. Larry Swikert joins us. Today was the launch of, this, of our next big book coming out of uh, War Room with our partners at Skyhorse. Um, the Patriot's History of Globalism, its, uh, its Rise and Decline. Dr. Swikert, tell us about Patriot's History. You use this as kind of a template. But, but you really were the, the guy, you and your co-author first that wrote this magnificent book that became, I don't know, you're in 90, I forget, 47 reprints, or it's still active. It's still, I think homeschoolers use it to really teach history. Walk us through, and why right. did you decide to do a Patriot's History of Globalism? Well, Patriot's History of the United States was not written to counter Howard Zinn. It was written because Mike and I wanted to a book that we could teach from. And we wanted a book that would outline the four pillars of American exceptionalism. Now, you and I have talked about this at length on Thanksgiving programs, and so I won't go back into that now. But American exceptionalism was probably the big topic on conservative side during the period 2000-2010. What has taken over as the next big topic is globalism. What is it? What kind of threat is it? What's the history of globalism? And is there any hope? And so the new book, A Patriot's History of Globalism, is part history and part hope. I walk the reader through uh, everything from the Congress of Vienna through Woodrow Wilson, the League of Nations, up through the COVID and uh, medical globalism to where we are now with celebrity and climate change globalism. And uh, the last chapter is all hope. There's uh, all sorts of signs on the horizon. Well, this hasn't fallen yet. You'll notice the title is The, De the Rise and Decline. It's, it's not quite dead yet, to quote Monty Python, but it's, in, it, it's on its heels. And we have a real chance now to begin to do serious damage uh, to the globalists and their agenda across the board. Everything from um, transism to wokeness to um, legality. You were talking earlier with Mike Davis, and I just got word from my court guru, whom I call Zen Master, an anonymous guy who's never been wrong. And he said the court is going to hear the um, Trump case is going to ha have a public session on the Trump ballot case Friday morning. It's scheduled an open um, a public hearing, so they're probably going to do something about that ballot case Friday morning. So they're on their heels. The good news is they're on their heels. We got them on the run. We need to, in Napoleonic terms, send in, send in Murat's cavalry. You in in the developments over the last couple of days. I mean, you see in your book, you don't say decline and fall very specifically. You and I had to talk about this on the title. You said, excuse me, it's not the fall in uh, or the rise and fall of it. 
You said, no, it's the rise right. and decline. What do you mean? Right. Why did you choose the term decline then fall? Because it's not dead yet. Uh, we haven't buried it. They're still alive and kicking, but they're on their heels really for the first time in the last seven or eight years. Uh, George Soros has pulled his operations out of Europe. Uh, we've seen a lot of court cases in America uh, go our way, and it looks as though the Supreme Court is going to rule the right way in the Chevron Doctrine. You and I, I actually interviewed you about this uh, for the previous book, Dragon Slayers, and how important that Chevron Doctrine is that that be overturned. So they're on their heels, uh, whether it's uh, school boards uh, being reformed, whether it's um, state laws being passed, across the board, we're, we're starting to see major pushback against the globalists. You got to read this. This is a it will be a handbook for you, like uh, Joe Allen's is on transhumanism. Uh, Doctor Swiker, you're going to join us at CPAC. We're working out the details right now. But besides going to uh, to the site and to Amazon today because the book's up and the cover's magnificent, and trust me, the book itself delivers the cover, as we say, in the business. Any other speaking engagements have any other public engagements that people can actually get to meet you? Because I tell people. You're so engaging. You have such a great personality. You're that type of history teacher everybody wanted in high school or college that makes you love the topic so much that you really become so engaged. And that's one of the things we want in this country is people really understand history because history is on our side, sir. Well, I'm that kind of history teacher I wish I had, <laughs> except for one, one guy who was truly my inspiration. But if, if you go to the Wild World of History website, my schedule is up. I'm going to be going to six or seven homeschool conventions this year, speaking at all but one of them. Uh, I'm speaking to various groups across the country, to the Heartland Institute, uh, to the Texas Public Policy Institute, uh, to the um, uh, David Horowitz's Freedom Center out there. So just check out my schedule, wow. Wild World of History, and we're working out a deal whereby people can get an autographed copy of Patriot's History at the website. War Room's latest book comes out today, The Patriot's History of Globalism, Its Rise and Decline by Dr. Larry Swiker, the co-author of The Patriot's History of the United States. Doctor, look forward to seeing you at CPAC, sir. Thank you so much. Thanks, Steve. Let's pile into that book. You won't be able to put it down. I'm very proud of the books. Obviously, I understand economic times are tough, but you know we're a big reading audience and we... Absolutely love the book so far. They've such a high standard of, uh, and two they're coming out now with uh, Captain James Fennell and uh, Bradley Thayer. This very important uh, book about uh, the embracing uh, communist China, the Chinese Communist Party, which has really been the greatest strategic failure in the history of the nation. Their book is going to be a blockbuster. Also, the Patriots' history. I mean, we're so proud of having the Patriots' history title, given the how honored that is as a. Um, as just a fantastic book that's made uh, changes. Mike Lindell, we're on the Lindell TV network. Mike's been with the president. He's going to try to, uh, he's going to try to get in here if he possibly can. He just notified me. So we'll check that out. Two things. Remember what we're trying to do here is also uh, with Lindell and others is what we call the Patriot economy. These are people to you give money to that, uh, or you pay for goods and services that don't hate your values. In fact, they support your values and they reinforce your values. One is Patriot Mobile, Glenn Story and the team down in, uh, in Texas, uh, a devout Christian. It's a Christian company. It's based on Christian values. He's been attacked nonstop for that horrible, horrible concept of Christian nationalism. 
but he's quite proud of what the company does. He's quite proud of the operations of the company. And remember, you get the exact same service as the big carriers, except you're dealing with a, a Christian company that supports your values, gives money to various uh, charities. Uh, and these guys are absolutely terrific. So make sure you go to patriotmobile.com today. Also, publicsquare.com. Michael Seifert and the team, remember, they kind of tried to be the Amazon. He came up, he came out of Silicon Valley and said, hey, uh, you know, I've got to do, uh, I've got to do this for my values and my, uh, what I believe it's now a public company. They've, uh, on, they're doing a terrific job. Publicsquare.com. They've actually got the name to go publicsquare.com. Mike, we got about a minute. I know you've been with the real president. Thank you for joining us. Everybody wants to know the deals you've got, the deals you've got for us at my pillow. People are raving about it. Free shipping. Where do they go? What do they get? Yeah, Steve, we're doing a, Pre-Real President's Day sale, okay, for the War Room Posse. And, uh, and by the way, our Real President loves the War Room Posse. Uh, you guys, this is uh, these are our toppers, our mattress toppers, 100% made in the USA, as low as $99 for the best uh, bed toppers you will ever buy. And uh, your whole order ships for free. Uh, if you've got a new bed, old bed, doesn't matter, you will turn your bed into a rejuvenation station, I call it. It will be the most amazing <laughs> sleep you ever had. Six, 60 day money back guarantee and 10 year warranty. You're gonna rejuvenate. You're gonna feel like, uh, that's what I feel every day. I feel great. I, um, you're gonna be full of energy. We need this for the year ahead, everybody. So get, get on their promo code War Room uh, or call 800-873-1062. War Room Posse, thank you so much for having my employees back. Love you. Love you so much, Mike. The whole team does. Lou Dobbs is next. We're going to be streaming the impeachment over at Getter and Rumble. Stick around on, on uh, Lindell TV for the great Lou Dobbs and the Lou Dobbs show. We'll see you back tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. when you will be in the war room. I want to warn you of a huge change that could be coming to our money and our bank accounts. First, think back to 9-11, shortly after the government pushed through the Patriot Act. This gave the government power to spy on innocent Americans by monitoring our phone and email and tracking our movement across the Internet. Now, Jim Rickards, editor of the independent financial newsletter Strategic Intelligence and New York Times bestselling author, is warning about a coming event that could elevate this governmental surveillance to a terrifying new level. In fact, some of the guests I've had on The War Room believe that the government will soon expand their powers to track our every move. If we say the wrong things on social media, donate to the wrong causes, buy firearms, or even vote MAGA, the government may be able to shut us out of our bank accounts. I can't say for sure if this will happen, but it's an interesting and dire warning. Fortunately, Jim Rickards, an American patriot and friend of mine, has made it his mission to educate us on what he believes is coming and how to protect yourself from the possibility of programmable money. Watch Jim's warning video now before it's censored like I've been in the past. Go to RickardsWarRoom.com. That's RickardsWarRoom.com now to see the video. Dot com, all one word, WarRoomHealth.com. Use the code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WARROOMHEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. 
Go there. Do it today. Check it out.